Welcome to the Be Your Own Health Hero podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martinez. This show is for everyone who wants to better navigate their health and wellness journey. You'll get tips, resources, advice, and maybe a funny story or two. So put on your capes and hold on to your hats because we're going to talk about it. Hey, health heroes. I'm Nanika from the Perry panel. We are back with part two. If you had fun with the last episode, buckle up for this part of the roller coaster ride. We jump right back in with symptoms, the clear definitions of all the stages of menopause, and living life out loud at this point for all of us. I won't keep you waiting. Let's go. I'm here for you. That's not even when I fired her. Long story short, so that we get the blood work, I log on, and I'm pre-diabetic again. I'm like, son of, like, what the, and high cholesterol. Now, so I'm waiting for the doctor to call me back. She has a medical assistant call me back, right? This medical assistant from, anyway. Um, <laughs> and she's like, your blood work is great. And I'm like, and then she says, but you have high cholesterol and you're pre-diabetic. And I'm like, how is that great? So she's like, well, all you have to do is work out and eat healthy. And I wanted to bang my head, right? Because I'm like, you're talking to a person who does exactly that. And here we are. So it's right. not about treating the symptom. It's about getting to the root cause. Mm-hmm. I don't want metformin just to, if I need it, I need it. That's fine. Because I don't want to become diabetic. But that's not my point. I already reversed it a few years ago. Here I am again. And then I realized I have blood done over the summer because I have new life insurance. So this only happened within the last six to nine months. So I'm like, I need to call, tell the doctor to give me a call back. We got a second call. The same assistant calls me back and says, the doctor said, all you need to do is work out and and eat healthy. That's it. That's the answer. I'm like, tell the doctor to call me again. The third person calls. Oh, the second, the third call was the second person, different person. And I think she said she was like a dietitian or something. And I said to her, I was at work. And I said to her, I'm going to apologize ahead of time because you're going to get it from me right now. I said, I'm very angry. I'm like, I don't know which part I need to talk to the doctor. She does not understand. You're talking to a person who's been working out, eating healthy for 18 years consecutively. And I'm still here. So then it's more than just work out and eat healthy. And I said, there's something called hormones. And these are all women talking to me. Mm-hmm. Hormones, right? Well, so maybe they gotten to this stage in their life yet? Because I feel like you can be a doctor all you want, but if you haven't actually fully experienced it either, who are you to tell me anything? Right. At least refer me. Here's my good. Even if they have not, you are a medical professional. You that's my point. That that's my point. That they happen in the human body. You should know that I'm going through something, even if you haven't experienced it. Like as, as a professional in any of our stages, right? We should know the realm in which we work. That's our wheelhouse. If you come to me and talk to me about TV, even though I never experienced that a satellite fell and a microwave didn't go through and your IP address is bad and broken, I should be able to know how to fix your problem because that's my specialty. So exactly. having a doctor that has not experienced it yet is moot. That is you, you studied it. You studied it. And you studied it for a but long did time. They really? But, but here's the thing. Meek, as educators, as no, educators, no. as educators, just think about it. There's kids can walk in your room right off the bat and you already know. 
just by mm-hmm. the way they look, walk, or whatever. Okay, I need to check so, 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 so. Mm-hmm. Or when this child talks, you know what? I need to check so, so. Now, my kids didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to experience it that way. But I can damn sure tell you because I have ex- I, I, I have studied this. I right. know this. But that's what, no, the, what I'm saying is I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. But how much did they really study it? How much is out there for them to know about us? What I'm saying is that we are understudied. What I'm saying is that there's not enough stuff out there about us as women at a certain age because it was probably not something that was deemed important for people to really know. It's like, oh, they go through this. This is what happens. They just got to deal with it, you know, because that's even how some of our parents might be like, well, everybody goes through it. Just, you know. But here's the thing. My male doctors don't have that type of attitude. My male doctors don't think with that type of thought process. That's where I was going to with with this story, because at the end of the day, she when she finally called me back, she never called me back, by the way. So she had somebody else call me back and I told her whatever. And then I said to her, she says to me, oh, well, she can talk to you tomorrow to come in. I'm like, I have to come into the office for her to talk to me about my results that I already have. This doesn't make sense. So then she goes, and I'm like, and I'm not going to come in. Like, I don't understand. I just need to talk to her. She goes, well, we can do a telehealth call. And I was like, wait, hold on, pause. I'm like, are you charging the insurance for yes, this? Yes, yes. Exactly. So you're, she's only willing to talk to me if she's about my results if she gets paid. I said, tell Dr. Newman she's a scammer. And then I hung up. And then I had the audacity to call back. Because <laughs> I wasn't done. And I said, you know what? Dr. Newman did a very poor job in my blood testing. Only two vials were taken. I had, there's no vitamins. What happened with my vitamins? I said, so tell her to send a prescription to my house for the vitamins. This chick tells me what vitamins. I'm like, all of them. Because if I need to tell you this, all of them. All of them. So got rid of her. But Nanika, to your point, I've been doing a lot. I've been doing a lot of research in the nine years, and um, <laughs> the other day I came across. So wait, hold on. Back to what Rashida was saying. So I think I was spoiled with my male primary care physician. I had him. He at twenty-seven years old. The first time I saw him, and he put the stethoscope on my heart and said, "You have a heart murmur." I said, "No, I don't." I started fighting with him. <laughs> I not only had one, I had two. And you're born with this, right? So for 27 years, two pregnancies, you know how many times they look into your heart? All these pediatricians, everybody missed it. So I kept going back to him and I loved him. If When I first started with all of my 40-year-old symptoms, he listened to me. He ran all sorts of blood tests, thyroids, all, and he's like, Eva, I don't know what's going on. But my point, in, and I think what my primary care that I had right now, it may not be her field. But at least know your lane and know that there mm-hmm. are other specialists that could help you. She never offered a nutritionist. She never offered like go see. Why would she the- do that? She's only worried about her bottom line. She is that right. kind of position that, again, because you're empathic, you can be tapped into that and realize like she's not there for your best interest. Not at all. And I but have not had too many and women there are, like that. There's a lot of there's a lot of women like that. There's a lot of male doctors that are like that too. I've heard some horror stories with them. I, I, I believe that. that. I don't want to. I don't want to just you know make it seem like it's just a woman thing. I think it's an incompetent doctor thing. Yeah. And when you sit there, like Joanne said, whether you know it or not, you can even say, you know what, I'm not sure. I think that you should go see this 
person. Right. Like, be responsible and say, you know what? I don't know the answer to this because we do it all the time as educators as well, right? Rashida, it's like, I don't know the answer to every single thing. I'm good at my job, but I don't know it all. But there may be someone that's a little more tapped into that because they may have had a personal experience with it or they found themselves having to deal with it often enough that they're more tapped in and can give a, a, a an answer a lot faster than I can if I just try to go find it on my own. At least like you're saying, I think that's where Joanne's going with it. If you can't tell me, at least know that you have a network of people that you can tap into that will what? then give your doc, your patient exactly what it is that they need. So I, what? Right. I'm psychologist because of events. Right. Right. She's the one that told me about what she was going through. She said, you know what? That might be happening to you. You should go see Dr. Bookstown. And that's exactly what I did. And I found out more about myself in that amount of time than with the gynecologist that I had been going to for many years before. I think there's a couple of points that we should definitely consider. One, um, doctors, people perceive doctors as knowing everything and take what they Mm -hmm. think sometimes as gospel. And when you challenge that, Sometimes the ego of the doctor will play and be like, well, I, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I've been doing this for so long. I know what I'm talking about. So that mm-hmm. is a factor with some people, not all, I'm not maligning the entire medical industry Two, there needs to be a more cooperative work between doctors of different disciplines, which is another reason why I firmly believe on having a healthcare team for yourself, mm-hmm. because you should know if I go to my OBGYN and there's something that they need to tweak that has to do with nutrition and hormones, they should have someone in their arsenal to refer me to, you know, and say it, it shouldn't be looking at the dollar bottom line only. It should be the bottom line of my personal health care, getting me to that successful point of being the healthiest I can be. So if that means I'm going to take you out of my circulation and put you into the orbit of somebody else that knows what they're talking about. That's what needs to happen. And they need to remove yeah. all of that ego and all of that allegiance to the pharmaceutical companies. They're going to shut me down, y'all, because I'm a conspiracy theorist. In this. All of the um, all of the allegiance to the pharmaceutical dollar, they need to get rid of that and really work on, you know, and that's why I agree with Rashida that American doctors are not looking at those holistic things. They're not looking at those issues that we as the patients are seeing and are needing for ourselves. But that's the system that we're in, right? So now we're learning how to basically navigate a system that is also historically biased against us. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I feel like I've I've gone to school and had to reopen books and and be working on a thesis with all of the research (laughs) (laughs) that I had to do. And and it's never ending. And I, I really love and appreciate all three of you because. This was a topic that I was thinking about for myself, but you guys flooded my social media timelines with so much information that I was like, all right, y'all are giving me the good stuff and I need to talk to all three of you because I had no idea until you started putting things out there of all the craziness that's going on. No, So we're going to get into the subject of symptoms because we all know everybody talks about menopause and they automatically think of hot flashes or night sweats. But there are up to 90 symptoms, which I had no idea, and that blew my mind until I started talking to these three ladies because it was like, I'm I'm experiencing this, and wait, I'm getting that. And so I started inundating my husband's phone 
with everything I was getting from y'all. He was like, enough already. I'm done. I don't, I, okay, fine. You're crazy. I'm not crazy, <laughs> but this is what's happening. And you should recognize this is why. So I know I personally endure uh, hot and cold flashes. I get skin crawling. So that means mm-hmm. I'll fall, I'll start to fall asleep and I start to itch and it will go from one arm up my neck and my face. The down worst the feeling side, ever. The worst feeling ever. Skin crawling, I hate it. I, I think I could deal with hot flashes more than skin crawling. Um, the soreness, the emotional ups and downs, the dexterity. I bump into and drop things all the time. I'm clumsy by nature, but holy Me cow. Too. Like now that I'm starting to experience arthritis in my knees and, and I have two meniscus tears in each knee, I'm a little bit more cautious when I move. But I realized that that will, I can tumble down a flight of stairs. Like I'm starting to get scared of moving. So I was telling Rashida, like, I want to move to a ranch style house. I don't want to do stairs anymore. So what are some of the more exotic or uncommonly known symptoms that you guys have experienced attributed to perimenopause? I'm going to give you a really, really weird one because this was crazy. I had on my right hand, you know, they say your skin changes, right? So, okay, it didn't get dry or anything. But when I was a kid, I had a wart on my hand and I was like 10 years old. And, you know, that theory of like, you go into the water in the ocean and it'll take it away with the salt, yada, yada, yada. So it was taken away. Like it it went away. I had a little bump. 40 years and six months, within a few months, it was gone. And it was something that I would play with because there was a little bump on my skin. It's I don't know what happened. The skin, it was absorbed, whatever. So that was totally gone. I was like, that shit is weird. but let me see. Hold on. I got a whole list because I keep checking the cramps on my calves. Oh, my God. Yes. Rich- Charlie horses. Oh. Don't tell me drink more water. Why am I going to drown? Like, <laughs> that's when you know bananas. it was painful. Bananas. That was- Potassium and bananas will help with that. I have to go get worked out. I actually go to a masseuse that she'll clear my sinuses. But it's also... Um, muscles like your muscles overlap and she has to go and separate them i couldn't even stand like wear heels or anything because i couldn't keep my foot up because i had a cramp underneath and she said the muscles stick and she has to separate them i have to go every month and it's crazy right because you hear like i was on my heels like when i was in new york and the kids to school work everything but once and i would and i thought i would be on my heels Forever. After 40, it was like, no, this is not how it feels. What? I started to buy wedge sneakers in every style, like glitter sneakers and stuff, to go to functions and events because I will not wear heels anymore. I got So it's very interesting. I already had my own foot issues before all of this. So for me, I stopped wearing heels and I know that I have that luxury because I'm six feet tall, but I know that. I think over the last couple of years, our feet have changed generally because we were home and didn't really have to wear shoes like that, Mm -hmm. right? At least I know I didn't. I know that wasn't the situation for everyone, but I know it's the same way a lot of people, like I hadn't worn real pants in who knows how long because yoga pants were the thing. You're just seeing me from the, you know, my neck up, really. So, um, so I had those issues. So I don't think that's my issue when it comes to the feet. I think I already had issues there before you all know I've had foot surgeries and stuff, but the feet hurting even in flats. Yeah. Does that happen? Yeah. Because yes. 
Yes. I was like, what's happening? Because I, I'm like, I'm very specific about the kind of flats that I wear too. I can't have them too flat, but they still. They hurt after. Yeah. Listen, I, get, I get numbness in my fingers and my feet. Mm-hmm. Which, which, oh, which, I wake up like that. It's horrible. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you kind of fall asleep and you start. I start to feel the pain from an elbow all the way to my fingers. But I also get it from my ankles to my toes. And that's another symptom of that pins and needles. And it's just the most yep. annoying thing. And you can't then you don't feel your feet. Like it's like you're walking, but you're not feeling anything. It happens to me a lot too. It's so and then dry drier skin. Like oh, my skin my has just goodness. been so much drier. There was um, I could tell you and she was like, yeah. I lost my first chip chapstick, so I had to get my car chapstick, and then yeah. I moved my car chapstick to my living room, and now I just need to buy more chapstick. I have one of these everywhere. I'm like constantly. Mm-hmm. And then the random like fog, like yeah. brain shot, fog, and, it, and and it's just gone. Like what the what the hell was I like completely? And I I don't mean like because you know that happens randomly, but it's something about when you're in that perimenopause. I don't, I don't get it. And I can miss a whole, like, you know, when you're turning a corner, I mean, the whole shoulder hits the, the wall. Yes. I'm like, dang, you know, Special relations. Yeah. how did I even c- cut it that close? But for me, it was the body aches that, that I, I thought I had COVID. I've, I, I've been blessed enough where I haven't had any episodes with COVID. I took my first COVID test like uh, a couple of months ago. And the thing is, I had missed my cycle for three months. And then when it came back, it came like with a vengeance, you know? But mm-hmm. during those three months, that's when I was experiencing those perimenopausal symptoms. I thought I literally, and I was like, but I'm not coughing. I'm not sick, but my body was on fire. Like my, I heard I was aching. My head was all cloudy. It, it was, that weekend was horrible. And it was, it, that's what it was. Yeah. It, that's when I was just cursing all I, women. I will have, <laughs> I will have my period gone. She goes on sabbatical. Like it'll be literally a hundred, 102 days. The, the longest it's been is like 120. And I'm thinking I'm on the road. Like, because for those of you that are in the audience that you don't know, perimenopause is the, the, the period before you enter menopause and menopause is one day. So menopause is the one day after 365 days that you have not had a menstrual cycle. Perimenopause is anywhere from the five to 12 years before that. And after mm-hmm. your one day of menopause is then postmenopause. So the cycle of life that people call menopause, they mistakenly say that it's not it. This is perimenopause. So most of the people you know will probably be in perimenopause, which is why they might flip on you. My husband says I have several personalities. And he doesn't like anything mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I get like, you know, I'll be more OCD about something, you know, and I'll have an attitude or I'm more quick to snap or when I'm tired, I'm tired. Don't speak to me. Don't look at me. Don't think of me. I can literally be on the couch watching television and I'm dying of thirst until my husband gets up and goes to the kitchen. I'm like, hey, could you get me water? He's like, why do you mm-hmm. get it yourself? Hell no, I'm not moving. I am a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am rooted in this spot. I'm not getting it because I physically just don't have the energy to do it. So there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, the fatigue of, is terrible. The fatigue is bad. And all of us here on this this platform have been active one point or another, if not right. continuously. So mm-hmm. going from I, particularly- I'm at a stage 
right now based on what you're saying because I don't want to do anything. And I was starting to think it was just because, you know, nobody wants to exercise. We do it, you know, sometimes, depending on what it is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I didn't ever enjoy it. We enjoyed some of our workouts. No problem. But there's a part right now that I've been dealing with when I know I should be doing this stuff and I probably could, but it's become less of a priority for me. And it's because I feel so indifferent towards it. I'm like, whatever, who cares? But I know I need to do it because it's just better for me. I feel better after I've done it, but for whatever reason, I still don't want to do it. And I can't physically get myself up to do it. And the irritability, like, let me tell you, when I, I, and I'm not generally like that, you know, I, I never, when I had cycles, I I didn't get moody or things like that, but it's sometimes just to hear somebody open their mouth, you just Mm -hmm. like, shut up. Like, that was my Facebook status. I'm so over people. When I wrote that, I was feeling that way. I was like. I wanted to be like, fuck you, fuck you, Amber, <laughs> stop sending me an email. These are people that never did anything. There was nothing that they did or right. said or anything no. that really pissed me off. Although there were a couple of situations I was like, all right, you know what? You're being real needy right now. Right. Yeah, like, but why I just to wanted Ew, to stop talking. have anything to do with and anyone. I and I was so happy I was here by myself my, because you're, you're, that wouldn't have been great. Get this. My husband is retired. So now he's in the house, like breathing all the time it's like I turn around and I'm just like fuck <laughs> and it's not yeah. that I don't love him it's not that he this is brand new no we've always mm-hmm. you know spent time together but it's like they take it personally though they take it personal and the thing it's funny because I bought the house on purpose knowing that if he and I had moved in together and moved into an apartment we would have murdered one another within the first two months <laughs> have their own space right so we play musical rooms if my husband is in the kitchen i'm in the living room if i'm in the living room sometimes he'll be in the basement and vice versa and we'll switch like i always have to ask him hey mm-hmm. if you to work out because the basement is our gym but it's also my office so i'm like let me know when you need to be in there throw me out if you need to no problem but i'm going to be occupying this space which means get the fuck out go away mm-hmm. sometimes my husband talks to me and i'm just sitting there like I'm trying not to show on my face. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I feel bad. I really do because it's not him. It's not his fault. But mm-hmm. I feel that. And I know there are days where he feels like it too. But it's just mm-hmm. always a, a delicate balance. So you're lucky if you're by yourself. <laughs> you don't have to do Well, see, that. I'm an only child. And so I never mm-hmm. like to be by myself. Like, I don't enjoy that. That, I But do. I'm telling you. I'm an only I, child and I do. I, I never want I always wanted siblings. But I'm telling you, sometimes I'll get like extra emails or whatever. And I'm just like, oh my God, shut up. Or right. why are you right. sending me this? Like, That's so funny. You're an only child and want to be around people. I'm an only child and I am a very social person, but I like. Now I like alone time, but I like, like my kids are in the house. So people are in their different zones and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it is important for me to have time to decompress, but, um, I'm, I'm truly, a I like to interact. Mm -hmm. So it's, but oh my gosh, with this certain days, you're like, nah, I don't Yeah, And it's like, if they could only see my, my thought bubble right now, it's like, shut up. One of the first symptoms, besides the flooding in my case, was saying no. My kids were like confused. They were like, what do you mean no? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm just not, not doing right. it. Right. 
No. Because you know what it is? I, I've, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and done a lot of reading and stuff too. Menopause, perimenopause is the point in time that stops you and makes you number one priority. Exactly. Everything that you've been doing, even though it was working, maybe it wasn't really working. We were just skating, let's say, quote unquote. Now it's like, you got to face it. Now it's, it's you and these symptoms. And are you going to live like this for the rest of your life? So it, it's a blessing in disguise and a curse all at once because it is, you need to pay attention to yourself. And so one of the things that I found, um, because I know I'm going to forget, I actually printed it out. You know, when, once you start talking about or Googling menopause, you get all these ads and whatnot. And it was Naomi Watts. It was a Naomi Watts ad. And she's saying she wants everybody talking about menopause. So luckily enough, I, I clicked on the link, not on the link. I actually clicked the comments because I wanted to see what people were saying. And the first comment was a link to, um, it's called the, what is it? It's um, NCMP. So it's NAMS Certified Menopause practitioner. You can literally click in your, yeah, you can click in your, you can type in your zip code and get everyone who is part, who is certified menopause practitioner. And so in my area, yeah, it's NCMP. So NAMS is the, what is NAMS? NAMS is the North American Menopause Society. I had no idea. I just found this like last week. And within that link, you can see I have like 10 or 15 people within my area here and they actually have the acronym NCP, NCMP, sorry, attached to their titles. And so I'm like, that's my next step because I love my GYN too, right? But I'm going to tap all different kinds of areas because I'm, I, I just, it's been nine years. And the thing about it too is, Joanne, people think like, okay, perimenopause, once I hit menopause, I'm over it. You don't know that. And for black and brown women, it's worse. For the average white Caucasian woman, it's six years, plus it's 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And this is year nine for me. And I'm like, my God. And, and, and so a lot of women also think like, okay, thank God I won't get a period. That's not a, that could bring on a whole slew of other symptoms as well. I mean, for me, my period tends to help regulate my body because I would just, it does. And I would, you know, experience all these crazy things. And then once I got my period, all of that, the water weight sheds and, and my body goes back to normal because I'm eliminating a lot of the toxins and things that my body doesn't need. So not having mm-hmm. my period. And I've, I've always had a weird period. My period has always been 21 days and it only lasts four days long. Now that Perry's in the, in the mix, now it'll show up and it, it, it's like on hiatus for 120 days. It'll show up and bring all of the friends, all of the, the soreness all of the nausea, all of the cramps, it brings everything. And it shows up for two days and I end up wasting products and then she's gone. So it's really, really weird experiencing all of the different changes. I think I had flooding once where I literally went to work and had to go to a store and buy new jeans. Like that was the weirdest thing ever, but thank God I don't go through that. But if I were, if I were to compile a book, right? And ask each of you to contribute a chapter in perimenopause, what would it be titled and what would be in that chapter? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Are you serious, bitch? <laughs> and what would be in it would be all of the disgust that I felt finding out that this was like some secret society bullshit because nobody told me. No, and I know too many women. And nobody said anything. The only thing I have ever heard is hot flashes. My last cycle was 15 days. Now, 
Before that, I missed my cycle for three months, but I felt like a marshmallow. Like I just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So when my cycle came, all of that stuff flushed out. Mm -hmm. So now that makes me worried. Like, okay, what if it really, when it does stop, am I going to have this big blow up again? So these are, that's what my, my chapter would be. What the fuck? And bitch, are you serious? Because this is not it. This is not it. And I really need them to be able to understand. And then from there, I would write in there all the things that women can expect if you have, or you're going through, or you're approaching perimenopause, because waiting until it happens is not it. I felt blindsided. And and I was really upset about that. Like I felt duped. But I think part of my problem too was, I think, we don't adapt to change very well, just in general. But I feel like it was coming to the realization that, wait a minute, you're not 25 anymore. Like, you know, you're not 25 anymore. But now it's like, no, you're not 25 anymore. You have to consider this. This is something that I never even thought to consider because like a vet, I just thought as long as I was eating okay, as long as I was working out, you know, I was taking care of myself. I wasn't living wrong. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I couldn't make better choices about my foods and stuff like that, but I love food. So that's a problem for me I have to deal with. But I just think that now it's, having a different lens and saying remember what stage of life you're in in addition to this is what else you're feeling because I'm thinking I'm having a heart attack and it really is heart palpitations which is a symptom because Mm -hmm. for me the reason why it's so shocking to me or why I jump and automatically think it's something wrong is because I have bradycardia I have a slow heart rate me too so even when I'm not in my top notch athletic, you know, self, even when I'm not working out that often, my heart rate and my resting heart rate is really low. It's like chilling. So when I feel something speeding up like that, I have to calm myself down and say, wait, remember, this is like a symptom. This is something that can happen. Right. And it does go, you know, it passes. It's not something that just stays there forever. It's like a brief moment in time, but I have to remind myself. I'm like, yeah. That's another layer right. to this. And that's where the anxiety comes in. That's where sometimes the depression sets in. Like, I feel like crap. I already deal with seasonal affective disorder. Ooh, I'm already depressed in the winter, yep. right? I'm already depressed when the days are shorter. So on top of that now is this other thing happening to me hormonally that I can't explain. And I just had just, just the other day, I was just like, I feel like crap, but at least now I'm more aware. And I was like, I know what's happening. I know what's coming in another day or two. That's why you're feeling this way. Don't beat yourself up if you don't feel like doing something today. Unless you have some kind of obligation that you have to meet, it's okay. Take it easy. (laughs) That's why that shirt, be kind to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, at least there's light at the end of the tunnel. And you know that, okay, I'm going to experience this and we're going to go through it and whatnot, right? But then there's also the, the point of like, why do we need to experience this? What if there's something else out there that could help us balance out our hormones? Because at the end of the day, it goes back to hormones, right? So what's so bad about balancing out our hormones and getting back to the way we used to be? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and like Nanika, I do have bradycardia as well. When I went to the doctor, the, 
<laughs> she was like, 49? Are you okay? I'm like, oh yeah, I have bradycardia. <laughs> and she got scared. She was like, 40. I was just sitting there. And you know, people usually get, what is it called? White coat syndrome? They're, you mm-hmm. know, they're high. No, my blood pressure ain't going up no time soon just because I'm in the office. It doesn't no. happen. I have, I have low blood pressure. I have bradycardia. And then the other, like last year, I just fainted out of nowhere. The vasovagal. Yeah. The vasovagal. Right you know, vasovagal is just a term that they use when they don't know what caused what it is. Right? Okay. So, yeah. So, vasovagal, everybody going to go through that and have that at some point in their lives because that is like basically, I've seen it happen with my dad, with my man. Uh, yeah, that's what you it know is. what it but, felt like. It felt like I was wrestling with my brother. He put me in a chokehold and I just felt everything coming up. I was on the phone with my boss and I was like, I felt sick. I said, I feel sick and I don't know why. I'll call you back. And when I, I was sitting right here, when I hung up, the next thing I knew, my head. I, I split my nose right here underneath here. It hit my dash. Yeah, I, I hit. And so oh, it was no. instant. And so I, I start walking. I'm crying because I'm like, I know I fainted. And I'm telling Patrick. And he's like, lay down. And he's looking at me. He's like, oh, I don't think you need stitches. I'm like, for what? So it's bleeding. Oh, my so God. Now at this yeah. point, cardio, low blood pressure. Now I'm fainting. Like, what is this? Oh, no, I don't have low blood pressure. My problem is. <laughs> That um, I don't have high blood pressure, but my blood pressure does elevate. So again, certain things that people deal with because they are, you know, they have African descent. We already deal with certain things. If we're women, we're dealing with other things. That's why I have such a big, that's why I, I really get upset because I realize how much people that don't know you have the power to change. Yes. Yeah everything about what you're experiencing like something as simple as like when you go to the doctor like as a woman you should be able to make certain decisions those decisions shouldn't be made for you we're not going to get into the whole political thing of this but again women we have to go through so much because we are half the population but for some reason there is a medical procedure that we are being denied the right to have in different parts of the country. And this takes us back to the whole reproductive rights and understanding our bodies and being able to advocate for ourselves and knowing, you know, you don't have to be for abortion to let it exist and be a medical procedure that can actually help save lives because I had to experience it five times. Technically, I would, you know what I'm saying? Like, because of the losses that I have, when you go to the doctor, they can call it whatever they want to call it. But the procedure is actually an abortion, whether it's a DNC, whether they call it an MVA, all these different acronyms to skirt around the issue of what it is. It's a procedure. It's a medical procedure. And I think it gets painted in this way that it shouldn't be. And I feel like that is just one little part. I mean, I'm not going to go on to my, on my rant about that, but that's one little thing. That's just to show you that we are not being considered in the same ways that our male counterparts are considered when we have our own health issues. Like right. a lot of things get looked at from a male point of view, because again, we didn't get studied as often or as much to determine how we have to deal with these different stages in our lives. Right. And then another part of that, just, just to piggyback off of what you said, the 
the part of women, cis women, that is being, and it doesn't mean that I'm for or against, because you you have the right to do with your body, whatever you feel like, mm-hmm. as long as mm-hmm. you're not hurting anybody. So whatever your gender, whatever you identify with, that's your business. It makes me no difference. I am really not that invested in other people's business and life. But with that being said, I'm going to piggyback on what you said, because it's the infringement of mm-hmm. women's rights and non-cis women imposing their views on what a woman, a cis woman should do. Right. You mm-hmm. and I are not the same in terms of what we experience. That is not, you know, taking away from your experience, but don't take away from my experience right. because mm-hmm. you cannot tell me how I feel due to my biological functions. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's another agenda that really doesn't sit well with me because um, there's just certain things that we just can't escape, you know, mm-hmm. and to make it seem like it's as easy as having a procedure is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because if mm-hmm. that was the case, we would escape a lot of the things that we go through that mm-hmm. we can't not go through. Right. So right. just, you know, putting that out there on top of it, because I don't think that we can have that conversation without bringing that up because that mm-hmm. is something that seems to be very plotted and, and politically driven to further mm-hmm. take away from cis women. And and that's mm-hmm. a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. And I think it's just here. important for people. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Joanne. It's another way that, that our, our lives are being dictated by others. We are exactly we don't have a hand in, in dictating what happens and how we're treated and what's going on. It's another way for, you know, those in power to say, sit here, take this and shut up kind of thing. And I think it's very, you know, it's unfortunate because, you know, we've all been hypocritical in our lives from one stage to another. Also in ignorance, not necessarily knowing something because we haven't experienced it and we decided that this is what it should be. And I feel like especially if you were not, if you're not a woman, you were never the owner of a uterus. If you were never, um, you know, you understand what I'm saying? If you've never been the owner of a uterus, who are you to determine what is good for us or what isn't good for us? Especially when you consider the fact that you have a lot of people that are against abortion and all this other stuff, but then they'll turn around and say something like when they had a miscarriage and they went to the doctor, they had to do a procedure. You had a damn abortion. (laughs) Okay? Uh, You had an abortion. It was because the way that abortion gets characterized is like, oh, it's just a way for a woman to just terminate a pregnancy because she just doesn't want it. That's how they have characterized it. It is a medical procedure to remove something that may also be toxic to your body. Which is part of the reason why your body is starting to eliminate it. But it may need assistance. So that mm-hmm. you don't get into another, you know, situation, another complication or what have you. And I just feel like for you to make these determinations and for some of the women to be on board with that is very like, I'm like, what? Are you serious? Right critical. Now? But, yeah. you know, even I say to even women who have not experienced loss, for them to make a decision or to decide what another woman, you know what I'm saying? It should be up to you and only you because... There are some women who have been blessed not to have a loss. I had five 
There are people that have had more than that. Yeah. Right. You will never know unless you've been there. Right. So I feel like if you haven't had that situation and you really should stay out of it, right. <laughs> you should not even comment on I mean, it because listen, that's not your reality. Nobody wants but, to start talking and, and delegating how many Viagra pills guys should get. And, oh, come and on. Telling them that at a certain age, nope. they should all have mandatory vasectomies. But I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, listen, there are some people that don't need to be having kids, let alone having more than a certain number at a certain age. Like, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but I digress. Right. So it's unfortunate. It's, we just need to be able to have more autonomy over our body, period, in the story as a human. You should be able to have the right to do what you need to do for right. yourself. That's why I agree with what Rashida said. I'm not knocking anybody for whatever, but the truth is, as a person, you should have the right over what you put into what you know what you want to save in your body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if Absolutely. it's not life threatening, right? It, the 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 number one answer shouldn't just be like, oh, just have a hysterectomy right. so you could be done with it. No, right, exactly. Be informed about it. Like, be given a full deck of cards as to what these procedures mean, right? right. It's not have a hysterectomy. It's like, oh, if you have a hysterectomy, but by the way, you may also, you will go into surgical menopause. Like, that's Reverend major. Johnson said that the other day on the Tamron Hall show that she had no idea having a hysterectomy, she would wake up within 24 hours in menopause and not know what yeah. was happening to her. So for me, that was Beverly Johnson yeah. 20 years, 23 years ago. 20 years ago, exactly. What we gonna and say? you know that that at that point that that is malpractice. That that's, that's you didn't horrible. <laughs> that you you, mean, you have you have stolen part of this woman's life. Like yeah. that that's inexcusable. How do you do that? I, I just yeah. it's with, things like that. As I mean, and and people are gonna say, well, you know, the procedure was done correctly. No, you misinformed her. Right. You did yeah. not give her the full story and the picture of what she was going to go through. Therefore, Therefore she, she could not, not make an informed decision. Or prepare mm -hmm. herself for what it was. You're not going to put someone into a, you know, a, a mastectomy and not tell them what life is going to be like post-op, right? But child, Rashida just said when she had to have the procedure on her breast, they was really going to let her just be lopsided? Right. Like, That's no one horrible. said to you, hey, you know, here's your... No one said that. No one that said that to me. I'm like, so you mean to tell me that you're going to let me walk around looking crazy? I mean, crazy. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. That's ma why advocate and start asking questions, and I don't care how insulted you are. You know, I the other thing they don't tell you, I'm sorry, Yvette, that when you have that breast procedure and you're missing part of your, your breast and they take it away, you go through a sense of loss. You have cell memory and, and your body. And I don't even care about breasts. Like if I we woke up a B, I was fine with it. Like I, I was a triple D, you know, at one point a J, like I'm good. To, to wake up and be like, oh my gosh, and feel a sense of loss that nobody told me I was going to feel. I was like, what the hell? I had to, I had to do my research again. Like, why the hell do I feel like this? Oh, okay. Now that I know, and now I'm not panicked and I can understand, okay, this is a normal process. And I mm -hmm. think that's what it's really about. We just want to know that we're going through a normal process. This is what we expect. That's where the holistic approach thing comes in, yes. with, right? Because that doctor was just focused on removing what they needed to remove to ensure that you didn't have any other issue. But 
that doctor should have also been working with someone that maybe even in the realm of psychology, possibly yep. of like, these are the things that you may experience mentally, emotionally. And here, that is normal. Here's the thing, right. And here's not, the resource. It's not necessarily about signing you up for an entire myriad of psychotherapy, psychotherapy mm -hmm. sessions. It's about having a counselor come in and say, Hey, this is what's going on with you. And I'm going to let you know mm -hmm. and fully inform you and give you, do you need extra help? No. Do you understand what I said? Okay, cool. It's not. A do you know why they do that? Weight loss surgery. They started doing that. They didn't, they didn't always, always do, do that. So now they realize how many people had issues afterwards. Right. Emotionally, mentally. Are you doing this for the right reason? So they build all of that into all of this. Why? why can't all of our healthcare be that? But way? listen, you want to know why they started doing it that way with, with weight loss surgery? Is because so many people have body dysmorphia and have begun using plastic mm -hmm. surgery mis inappropriately that now the, mm -hmm. these people are getting sued because if someone comes mm -hmm. in for thir their 13th surgery because they're just not happy and all they needed to do was just have a psychotherapist speak with them, that would have alleviated all this stuff and not led to a surgery that could potentially kill this person. But this is also part of the reason, it's part of the nature of it's about a bottom line. Absolutely. So not everybody, everybody that is in healthcare is really caring for your right, health. Right. Which is why you have to be your own health hero. Selfish plug. You have to be your own advocate. <laughs> no, so I can't uh, stress that enough. You I have got to do your research. A pamphlet or a book, an ebook about perimenopause is one, you're not crazy. This is really happening. These things mm -hmm. that you're experiencing are part of the whole package. Two, Put on your thinking cap and start doing your research because you're going to learn a whole hell of a lot about things that people don't talk about openly and didn't tell you before, and you're going to be stunned. And three, for me, welcome to Opposite Day. Because as much as I exercise and eat right, I can't get this weight to save my life. And it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. I'm really considering, like, I need to go and find um, a stylist and a personal shopper to change my entire look because this ain't going to mm -hmm. like. I am now a double D. That, where did that come from? Y'all know in high school. I was Hello, this is what I'm trying to say. Where did it come from? I don't know where these came from. My husband's happy. I'm just like, fuck it, you can have them. <laughs> because yeah, because the sweat underneath and the what? A, mm -mm. Oh, I don't even want to wear a real bra Listen, anymore. I'm so over foremost, This is why I told y'all we were doing audio only. Y'all did not have to put on bras today. Second, <laughs> with the hot flashes, I want to just put an ice cube under each boob because this is just stupid. So, yes, I understand. No, for real. I woke up last night, like, literally, like, how? Why? Why do I, why do I have skin? I don't understand. It's just, it's crazy. Mm. So, those, were, those are the topics that I would put as as things in an ebook, And I think we really should collaborate and write it and just send it out as the next gift mm -hmm. to the class of 92 women. We don't stop here. In part three, we wrap up with lots more info and fun. Well, my friends, the time has come. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to the Be Your Own Health Hero podcast. Don't forget to tell all your super friends that they can find me on their favorite podcast platforms, on Instagram as BYO Health Hero, 
or you can email me at info at beyourownhealthhero.com. Please like, subscribe, and share. I'm your host, Joe Martinez, and until next time, I'm out. Thank you.